episode number 94 of the ETPHD team podcast with myself and Georgia. Hi Georgia, how are you? Hello, I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I am very well, thank you. We're just seeing how beautiful the weather is and how selfless I am for bringing it back from Mexico. It's beautiful. You. What I like is that you've got a white background and I can see the glow on you. I've got a white background and I pretty much, apart from my ginger hair and my eyes, blend in <laughs> the background. No, you look like, you look like a British... A British porcelain doll. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, an English rose. I actually, to be fair, the water I've got on my face is just fake tan. I don't. I always wear sunblock on my face. So, it, like, we did a live the other day, me and Emma, when we first got back, and I was like, "You look so brown," and I was obviously so tired, and I looked so white. And it's like that's what happens when you like her face is so brown. I'm like, just give it ten years, and then you'll be jealous that you didn't wear sunblock on your face. <laughs> But right now I'm like, oh, my face is so white. So thanks, I'll take it. Um, okay, let's get started on the questions. I feel like life is a little bit too heavy at the moment to talk about. I feel I'm finding it quite hard to talk about stuff that feels a little bit irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, this stuff, questions, of course, are not irrelevant. But you know the general media stuff around nutrition and bodies and stuff like that. I find it really quite. It just seems like, why are we even talking about that at this point? So um, I say we just crack on with the questions. Um, so do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll start off with a nice one, a nice little one here. Um, so is it normal to feel... Oh, sorry, let me start again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word, how amazing is full fat food? Is it normal to feel a bit sad for my former self who has survived on a diet products for all these years? I know it's only been a couple of weeks, but it's brought me so much joy, especially the yogurt. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, totally agree, right? You don't want to feel sad for yourself because realistically, what's, what's done is done. But I feel like that about full fat um, Greek yogurt. I just think, I, I at the time you genuinely believe that it's delicious and it's fine, right? Zero percent Greek yogurt is, is still really nice. Um, that's one of the better kind of quote unquote diet type of foods. So we're certainly not slating it, but five percent Greek yogurt is just infinitely better, isn't it? Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very tasty. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you get um, oh, yeah, not to just bash diet products, but like when you get proper rice pudding or you have like the low fat rice pudding and you're eating it and you're like oh it just tastes like water with some rice in it and then you have <laughs> proper rice pudding and you're like oh this whoever invented this was a genius so and it, it's quite nice just I think to enjoy enjoy that change and enjoy what you're now giving giving yourself it doesn't take away from like your enjoyment having had diet products in the past and they serve a purpose as well like there's nothing wrong with diet products if they serve that purpose for you at that time um so yeah I fully agree embrace yeah. the new world of food yeah I agree like we definitely don't bash them right and I'm sure there's times in our lives again that we'll probably have a diet version of food at some point like it's not and they're so helpful when it comes to dieting and fat loss so we're certainly like you said not bashing them but I think it's I think it's a really good challenge especially for people who have been dieting for a long time or trying to control their body weight or size for a long time just to try these things it's like a knee-jerk reaction to go for I don't know fry light instead of olive oil it's like a knee-jerk reaction to go for zero percent instead of five percent because we've been conditioned for so long to think that they're like quote-unquote better 
and and the idea of like you totally convince yourself that you're wasting calories don't you well it's just wasting calories I could have zero percent Greek yogurt and I could then have a chocolate bar or I could just have the five percent and it's like but for the taste it's definitely not wasting calories and obviously for other nutrients that come with it um I always say this to Emma but I would question how many people within the fitness industry are deficient in their unsaturated fat intake I would say 70% of people don't actively include include unsaturated fats in their diets and we need them right they're essential our bodies can't make them we need them to contribute to metabolic health cardiovascular health skin hair like all of it and I still think that so many people, including personal trainers, do not actively include unsaturated fats in their diet. I'd be interested to see like if someone did the research on it. Agreed. And I think that that phrase is kind of key when people say, oh, it's a waste of calories. It's really not a waste of calories. And um, one of my clients, she she's reframed this amazingly recently where she would always have a salad just kind of like dry or she would have it like with a little bit of like low fat dressing on it and it wouldn't really taste that good. Um we're actually looking at including like healthy fats for her and she's been adding olive oil to her salad and she was just like oh my god it just tastes so good I actually eat more salad now like more regularly and a larger volume because it tastes so good and if she goes out for dinner she'll say yeah I did order this and I had this and it kind of came with butter and things but the thing is that doesn't take away from all like the nutrients in the vegetables and it's better that I do that and get those vegetables in than to worry about the fact that it might have some butter on it and then not eat the vegetables with my with my main meal and that um change in kind of like approach to having having oils and fats has been really really helpful for her definitely yeah I think that's such a good point like one of the healthiest switches you can make in your relationship with food is going from an exclusive way of thinking to an inclusive way of thinking like even yesterday I'm only back in England for a couple of days and I was like I've got no vegetables and the thought of frozen vegetables right now is just not for me and I was like I'm just going to buy tons of like packaged soups that have got like two of your five a day or, or whatever and it's like I don't know what else is in that like those soups are great right but I know that diet me would have been like oh well I could have so many vegetables for this many calories without all the other stuff in it and it's like no no all I need to think about right now is how can I get these as much nutrients in as I can without having to like prep and all these things and it's like soup and seeded bread and cheese and protein cheese and all of these things com- combined and it's that inclusive way of thinking is so much healthier for most people than an exclusive way exclusive is the right word I think so um so yeah gosh we are passionate about the full fat foods so let's be real here <laughs> moving on and um, okay denise question if i have a few days where my activity level is particularly low due to recovering from a procedure and i'm unable to do much besides lying down and staying inside will my hunger regulation be impacted i've heard that hunger is best regulated when there is some physical activity during the day but for those with very sedentary activity levels their hunger signaling may be disproportionate to the amount of activity they're engaged in, which can increase weight gain. Can I still listen to my hunger cues if I have a brief period of being very sedentary? Good question. Um, Your hunger takes, can take a couple of days to regulate. So that's why often when someone's super active, like say you're super active on a Sunday, you go for a big hill walk, you can be like, wake up on a Tuesday and you're like, oh my God, I'm absolutely starving. And it, it can have that bit of a knock on effect. So being sedentary for a couple of days is probably going to not do much to your hunger signals. Um, so you like you might be a bit more mindful in terms of making sure that your meals are satisfying and that you've got a lot of volume in there. 
it's not that your hunger signals are different when you're at rest it's that you're less hungry in general because you're like you're not moving but people probably tend to overeat then because they're bored and because they're at home and because of the food environment less so because their hunger signals have changed in some way so you can still listen to your hunger like we yeah you should if you're working on improving your relationship with food and, and becoming more um internally guided then you should still be listen, listening to your hunger signals but like always just get curious to see if they're any different just list like just kind of go well that's interesting I'm still just as hungry even though I haven't really moved today it's probably from the previous days because we have to get away from this idea that we're working on this 24 hour clock people think oh we'll have a rest day so I need to eat less calories and it's like we're not working like our bodies don't work on a 24 hour clock it's just that's just the way that we organize time um so i think it's really important to take a step back from that and it's like in two months three months six months one year is are these three days of rest going to have any impact on your life absolutely not are you even going to remember them probably not so should it change your nutrition greatly probably not but just get curious to see if it does change because it might get a little bit lower by the third day of, of not really moving much but it also might not and that's also okay because there's so many other things that impact our, our hunger other than just our activity levels mm, yeah I completely agree I think the only thing I would add to that would be um try to avoid predicting what might happen or might not happen um like I was certainly in the past very much like oh if I haven't exercised and I've had a day where I've like say had a migraine I've been in bed like oh I shouldn't be hungry because I haven't done anything um but that isn't always the case like you said your hunger doesn't always kind of like play by those exact rules and there's no point um trying to ignore hunger if you are actually feeling a little bit hungry at that point um so yeah again like we kind of say with like menstrual nutrition as well try not to predict it and decide in advance what you will or won't feel yeah kind of allow you to be a bit more mindful of what's actually happening as well yeah such a good point um okay your question yes okay how do you focus on your well-being and focus on yourself when your partner is not supportive this is so hard it feels like the more I push the more I get pushed back but I am still determined to work on my relationship with food, even though my current goals are not for weight loss and just for feeling comfortable and eating normal. Oh, hang on, that's two questions in one. We'll start there. Um, so how do you focus on your well-being and focus on yourself when your partner is not supportive? It feels really hard. The more I push, the more I get pushed back. That is really, really hard, really hard. And having a supportive environment can make a big difference in your progress in this whole journey so first of all sorry that you feel or that he is not supporting you I think one thing is to make sure that you've actually vocalized that in the first place and I know that that sounds really odd and I might think well of course I have but have you actually said to your partner this is this is what I'm focused on and this is what I need or this is what I would yeah this is this is what I need from you to support me and first of all making sure that like are they actually willing to do it but they just don't know how or like have you actually communicated that clearly um we often get resentful of people when they don't give us what we need because we a think that they should figure that out for themselves and I'm definitely guilty of this by the way this is definitely not a judgment but we think that people should know how we need them to act and we think that we've often told them 
but we've told them because it makes sense in our head but is that actually clear to that person like I think that's something that you want to just mull over and say you know have I made it really clear to them what I need from them in order to support me and then once you've done that if they're not supporting you it's like okay is this is this something that you still want to do without their support and I th- hopefully that means hopefully you do right because you know that you're worth it with or without their support I think sometimes we expect people to understand everything and some people don't understand and no matter how many times you explain to them they don't understand and it's not great but we can't expect everyone to understand everything I think when it comes to relationships we should be if someone has if our partner is working on themselves to support themselves and improve themselves in some way I think we should be providing unconditional support so I think that that's that's challenging and it's a conversation that I would recommend that you have with that person why don't they feel that they can give you the support what is it that's causing them to resent you making these changes and is there any some sort of way that you can get around that that's really the only way that you're going to ever get their support and again aside from that you've got Georgia's support you've hopefully got other friends and other family members that can support you and at some point if you've had all of those conversations then you need to decide like can I just let this go and focus on myself or is this something that I can't let go like what is the reason for not supporting me? And then that's a big, you know, that's a deeper question that you need to kind of ask yourself and talk through with maybe your parents or your best friend or whoever it is you go to for support because that's really tough. Agreed. Nothing to add. You nailed that one. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, okay. Next question. I want to lose weight and I know it's not right to get caught up in another plan or another way of eating, but I'm not used to this way of working and I find it hard some weeks. It, it is hard when you're doing something different. It's very challenging. Like if, if you're used to having diet plans and meal plans and, and actively focusing on fat loss or weight loss, when you take a, a change of direction, it's the exact opposite of potentially what you've spent a long time focusing on and it can feel really challenging. I suppose the best advice I could give here would be thinking long-term, imagine like what it's gonna feel like when you've worked through these things that you are working on right now and where it is that you want to be because you obviously have a really clear outcome that you will have discussed with staff and you know that it's working towards something that you really value in life as well which is going to be really important to you rather than the short-term feeling of of ticking boxes for fat loss but then also thinking short-term like like we mentioned how good is it to enjoy full fat foods focus on the small wins that that help you get to that long-term oh and they said destination which is all like journey and get (laughs) you towards I say the end point it's always ongoing but towards the place that you want to be what can you enjoy between now and then that really brings you joy each day and helps you to keep focused on rather than on what you're not doing on what you are doing that's different but that feels really amazing to you yeah I love that and I would say to add to that nobody ever got the hard stuff in life by focusing on instant gratification 
you don't like you know if you look at any business owner who owns a multi-billion pound business they didn't focus on that instant gratifications that like the daily kind of oh that one that choice is easier so I'm going to do that they were like right I'm, I'm going to push hard for this because I know that the long game is worth it anything that is worth getting requires some sacrifice and it's what are you like what are you are happy to sacrifice in order to get to that end point because if you don't if you keep focusing on instant gratification you're not going to get to you're not going to get there and I think when it comes to the people that we work with who are sacrificing fat loss some of them are not everyone we work with different people but to the people who do sacrifice fat loss in the short term to get to the long-term place consider all of the diet plans you've done before you wouldn't be in this situation if the answer was fat loss you wouldn't be working on your relationship with food if the answer was just a diet plan so what makes you think that in a year's time you're then going to do a diet is going to end you in any different position than you are right now except for the fact that you've spent a year doing it and in a year's time you come back and you go actually I still need to do this work whereas in a year's time if you do this work now you might be like oh now I can drop body fat and maintain it find it doable it not take over my life and then once I've lost that body fat then that's my end of my diet and I'm and a smaller body size that I feel happy in and I can maintain this now forevermore or you know within normal body fluctuations it's a choice that you're making and we know it's hard like we understand we've both like been through various things at various points in our lives with our health that we know the hard stuff is really uncomfortable sometimes but it's kind of a necessary part of getting through it. And if fat loss is still important to you at the end of it, then fat loss is something like we, I think there's this idea that we're against fat loss or that we don't diet people. Like half of my clients, more than half of my clients, actually, I'd say 75% of my clients have done a diet at some point or are doing a diet now, probably the same for you. So we certainly support fat loss when fat loss is the right outcome for someone. But we're also very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like we're very hard on saying that's not the best thing for you right now. We know that. Let's focus on other things. And so, yes, it's hard. We understand how hard it is. And we recognize that this is a lot, like this can feel like a lot. But it's almost a a necessary part of getting to the other end game. What you don't want to do, like you said, is get to the end of, a year two years and feel like you've made zero progress and you're the same place as you were two years ago because you didn't do the hard thing at the time okay so second part of the question that I started earlier on <laughs> I just get very excited um okay even though my current goals are not for weight loss and just for feeling comfortable eating normal I still feel like I should be trying to lose weight and I worry that I'm overeating even in the moments that I know I'm not well hello patriarchy no, um it's it, it's kind of common sense that you feel that way because you've grown up for however I don't know how old this person is but say 20 30 40 50 years you've been exposed to this idea that you should lose weight so of course even though you're working on other things, of course that internal narrative is still somewhere there that says, this is probably too much food, you should probably lose weight or you should probably restrict a little bit. That is kind of expected. But I think it's about, 
asking yourself why and journaling can be really good here where you say today I had thoughts that I should want to lose weight why do I feel that way and we can't tell you that of course I'm like a patriarchy in society yes true right but there's going to be other stuff there there's going to be like oh that's because you know maybe when you grew up that was a big focus in your family maybe your parents were focused on that maybe you've always equated thinner bodies and smaller bodies to success which may be societal it may be something to do with other stories that you've told yourself or you've been exposed to like write the question down and say why do I feel that I should want to lose weight and write that down like well what does that mean that might mean that I am still conforming to other people's standards rather than my own well why am I doing that because I value other people's opinions more than I value my own and then that opens up yourself up to go that's interesting I didn't realize that I still valued society's opinions of me more than I valued my own why do I do that is that the way that I want to live how can I change that so it's really easy from the outside to say well of course like this is normal but everyone has a different reason for why they feel that way and I think I have a post that I share quite a lot like repeatedly and it's like stop assuming that everyone wants to be leaner why do we assume that someone would prefer to be leaner like I had this discussion when I like obviously I've been away with them a lot and she's leaner than I am and it's really interesting to me in the past like say five ten years ago if I'd gone away with Emma I would have been so self-conscious because I'd be like people must be looking at me and think she like she must be jealous she must feel like bigger than her she must feel this way and it's like I don't think people think that now maybe they do but I don't actually care if they do because I know that I prefer my body the way that it is because obviously we're allowed to care about the way our body looks but because I prefer my body the way it is and because I value how healthy I am at the moment touch it <laughs> um and so it doesn't it's not something that even comes into my brain but we just assume all the time that everyone thinks that leaner is better but why there's absolutely no reason why someone should prefer a leaner body than a slightly bigger body it, what would be the reason and I remember when I used to I went through a phase of trying to actively gain weight and someone was like why are you trying to gain weight like because I'm healthy and I just really want a bigger arse and bigger boobs and I want to be a bit softer and I love that feeling of when my boyfriend at the time would like hold his hand on my belly and it was like a wee a wee little thing that he could hold and I loved it I was like that's why I want to do it and people were just like but why it's like why can we not get our head around this idea that there's no reason why leaner we think leaner is more attractive there's no reason if you look at like all the very original research in terms of what this is really heteronormative right but if what men found attractive in women it's not body size it's ratios we're not doing it for we're not doing this for men right but it's ratios it's like waist hip ratio and stuff like that so it's not even about lean and it's not even about what evolutionary evolutionarily men prefer it's just this idea that the media has put on us it's just not it's not a true thing agreed and actually a, a conversation I was having with a client quite recently um she was talking to her partner about like the journey that she's on now and he couldn't initially get his head around it because he was like oh but you were always happier when you were slimmer so you know I, I don't know why you're not pursuing that right now if you're feeling unhappy in your body as it is right now and um she said she had to kind of catch her tongue for a second and take a deep breath because she was like no I 
I was not happier when I was in a smaller body. I was actually miserable. I was hungry. I was tired. <laughs> I was grumpy. I felt like I was missing out on everything. Um, and yet she was doing it to herself at that point, even though it wasn't really something that she enjoyed or that she wanted. But the assumption from the outside was that, well, you must be happier because that's obviously what you want as a woman. And um, that was actually a great conversation for them to have. And I think it was great for her to actually vocalize that as well, because it's probably something that she hadn't really talked about before. Um, but yeah, just because you assume somebody feels a specific way because of the way the body looks like it doesn't mean that it's correct and I think a big part of um the process is having forgiveness for your past self of, of decisions that you made that maybe didn't actually align with what you truly wanted but also having forgiveness for um the people around you that, that assume those things because as much as we may get irritated with a partner who says you were probably happier when you were slimmer or in a smaller body um they're assuming that based on as we said patriarchy on the society that we grow up in which is the same when people comment on your body and say oh you look amazing you've lost weight that's because deep down it they believe it's a genuine compliment because we're in a society where we're very body focused it's not necessarily a let's say a flaw uh, something in them that inherently assumes like oh you are better because you're in a smaller body or a bigger body it's coming from the way that we've all grown up and like we're very lucky in our community that we have this awareness but other people don't necessarily have that so I think it's also having some forgiveness for the way that people comment or um join in in conversations with you and understanding that it's not a reflection of you and it's not really a reflection of them either it's just the society and the conversations that we have um and, and letting go of that a little bit can be very freeing very helpful yeah I completely agree and I think it's recognizing that we've all like the the term that we're talking about is the internalization of the thin ideal the thin ideal being this kind of societal um story that we have that thin means successful thin means happy thin means um high achieving thin means more um more attractive thin means better relationships which isn't actually true but we have very much been fed this narrative for so long you know thin characters in movies are the ones that get the men or they have like the high power jobs only women not men of course um thin people are the ones that are used to advertise like successful products and people who are in larger bodies have previously been used as um, kind of the sidekick the funny one the like the lazy one all of these messages that we've been fed for so long of course everyone including men have internalized this than ideal we all have this narrative kind of rammed down our throats so that we genuinely believe thin is more it's is more idealized but when you actually start to unpick that it's like but but is any of that true why is that oh capitalism oh because people can make money off of that and that's when we see like that's one of the reasons we don't post transformation pictures and because it still catapults this idea that that end point that thinner point is somehow better than and it's not it's it might be great if that's your goal and that's in line with your values but it's not any better than the body that you're in before so I think it's getting really inquisitive about these things uh, okay next question 
I find it easier to to eat fruit at the start again. I find it easier to eat fruit with meals sometimes or between meals. Is this good or is this something that you advise against? Ooh. Well, eating more plants is always a good thing. You're going to get your nutrients, your fibre. It's very tasty. There's no reason why you can't eat it with a meal or in between meals. Um, yeah, I would wonder if if there are a couple of food rules there that are kind of maybe underlying this question as in like is it something that I should or shouldn't do and if that's coming down to we do see a little bit of sen I can't I can't say sensationalization I've had super strong coffee today um <laughs> around kind of like fructose intake and fruit intake and like fruit being demonized a little bit um as something that we shouldn't be eating too much of um but I'd say to eat too much fruit you'd have to be displacing everything else in your diet with like a, a fruitarian kind of diet um, yeah I don't I don't think it's an issue to have fruit with meals or in between meals at all yeah do you know what I think this is a this is something that came up in one of my question boxes twice last week and it was um is it true that if I cook vegetables you'll see the point in a minute is it true that if I cook vegetables and water that I'll lose the nutrients and then the other question was is it okay to roast vegetables I really like them um, something something else and it's like we need to take a step back and say these are not the things to be worrying about how you cook your vegetables what time that you eat your fruit in the day what we want to care what, what we care about is managing your hunger levels making sure you're getting enough nutrients making sure you're getting enough protein making sure that you've got some variety making sure that you don't feel guilt around your food um that's what is important not what time and i totally understand because there's all this stuff about like intermittent fasting and time restricted feeding and having carbs around training and in certain situations so for example with pcos sometimes it's more useful to have your carbohydrates around training for example um so in certain situations, some of these things may become more relevant, but really eating fruit at any time of the day is probably going to be pretty great because you're getting in some fiber, some nutrients, it's delicious, and it kind of might help you manage your hunger levels a little bit more. So it's less about is this bad or is this good and more about is this actually relevant in the overall scheme of things? Exactly. I say this this is my breakfast sitting here and I've got so much fruit piled into it that looks great that looks what's on the top of that like a nut butter or something right so so many things on here I realize that this is very visual for a podcast um so underneath all of that there is some yogurt but yeah I've got pears I've got raspberries strawberries uh, this is do you know the pip, pip and nut butter where it's um almond chocolate almond with sea salt yes they're beautiful and then this is like a little bit of the Cadbury's they do Cadbury's galaxy they do this um blonde caramel chocolate and it goes really really well with nut butter and fruit and yogurt and it's just oh um, that looks great very exciting that yeah. looks really really great I'm quite jealous I've already had my breakfast but now I'm like mm. <laughs> I want that but it's helpful having it with meals right because like for me uh, like if you get busy at work it, it can be harder to, to remember to have snacks and things like that in, in between meals um, if you, especially if you don't particularly get hungry so like adding it into your breakfast is a great way of making sure that you are getting fruit or having it straight after a meal almost as like a dessert or part of your meal mm -hmm. just ensures that you're going to eat it like 
it's yeah. practical. Yeah, exactly. And and with most meals, we do recommend most meals contain fruit and or vegetables, just because it's a, a great way to get them in. Um, but even if it's something small like blueberries with your oats, like I had this morning. Um, Yummy. Okay. Um, your turn. Is it me? Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay. I'm working on improving my relationship with food and my body. As part of this process, I've moved away from tracking. I used to be caught up in a binge restrict cycle, which I'm not at all anymore. I'm also working on recognizing unhelpful rules that I have around food and letting them go. I feel like I will at some point move back to having fat loss as a goal. And I just wonder if this is possible whilst protecting all the work I've done with Georgia. I feel like I still have a long way to go in the process of improving relationship with food and my body. I accept this and I'm really enjoying what I'm learning about myself. Great question. This is something I get so much shit for. I've got, again, I've got a post that I've posted a couple of times on Instagram about this and I get a lot of backlash for. Um, but I've spoken to some of my doctor friends who understand nutrition about this and they're like, no, it's, it's fine. Um, just you know for a little bit of external reassurance because sometimes you need that um it's absolutely okay to pursue fat loss if you have moved through disordered eating habits I'm actually not talking about eating disorders at this point I'm talking about people in this situation who is someone that is recovering or moving through disordered eating habits it's okay to pursue fat loss and you can do it in a healthful way to be honest, I'd recommend still doing it with Georgia because she knows all of the work that you've done this far. And I think it's much better to do that than to go and then try and do some sort of diet plan, which doesn't include all of the work that you've done around mindful eating and mindfulness and self-compassion and all of the stuff that you work on to improve your relationship with food. Um, however, there is a big but here for some people it's for some people it's not a good idea for some people it does exacerbate things and actually um their old habits do come back up in which case dieting is not the right thing but the only way to often know that is to start and to see and that's why it's really important you work and get some support with it so that you can pick that up um the other thing is is it beneficial to your health and i think this is the main question this is something that i will always ask clients and this is the number one priority for us as coaches and ideally hopefully we can't tell you what to value but we hope that when, once you've improved your relationship with food and body health is probably going to be a core value of yours because you're already working on that so it is probably really important and it's the same as like if you've moved through HA I think does dieting improve your health if you're in a larger body and you've moved through these these things diet losing some body fat may well support your health in which case great, let's use all of these habits and let's pursue fat loss in a healthful way and I've had many clients that have moved through that and lost a bit of body fat and maintained it and and feel healthier um keeping in mind fat loss is not the only way to improve your health and for, again for some people if you're in a larger body fat loss is still not the right thing for your health because of the habits that it brings up right so this is definitely not me saying that you have to always drop body fat for your health but if you are somebody who's in a quote-unquote uh, healthy bmi again we're not going to go into that today but if you're in a healthy bmi range uh, is fat loss beneficial for your health probably not so then you have to think well, okay well what do i value more am i is it is the cost 
of potential dieting to my health worth it for the benefit that I get from it what are the benefits from it what what is my why I know that sounds kind of cliche but what is it that you're looking for in fat loss um because if it's acceptance or validation or whatever and you're probably not going to get that from changing your body if it's happiness you're not going to get it from changing your body but if you genuinely think I just want to feel a little bit leaner and I recognize that my health is always going to be number one and if these habits come up then I will stop then that's slightly different so it's not really a short answer I don't think the potential is there the potential is definitely there and we have clients who do this regularly but we also have clients that, that don't so you really have to think about your values your why your health and then figure out like is this the best thing for me to do mm-hmm. nothing to add <laughs> you know that. I sometimes I'm like I, I, you know when you just get so sick of the sound of your own voice so when you're talking I'm always like really listening intently because I'm like get my own voice out of my head um okay Steph well Steph Sky I kind of want to know if anyone reads fiction I think there's so much value in it I can't always read self-help books or linguistics manuals or memoirs so my question is what are your favorite fiction books and why yes I love fiction it's my favorite <laughs> I I love I love reading actually I have I'm gonna geek out for a second so I kind of have like starter reading and then like dessert reading so <laughs> in the mornings when I'm waking up and I want my brain to kind of like be thinking about things I have my coffee and I'll read something like a Brene Brown kind of book in the morning something that's going to get me thinking something's going to add to my day a little bit um and then in the evening I have my bedtime dessert reading like and that's when the fiction comes out and I think it's really good at helping you switch off from overthinking turn off from the day and it's like my signal to get lost in a story um oh I could go down so many routes here I really like fantasy like I like silly stories that you get lost in that have nothing to do with real life so I like dragons magic just like ancient kind of worlds that you can get lost into um so anything by Robin Hobbs I love and I started reading this at university so we're talking a long time ago now to like to switch off from studying late at night into kind of going to sleep and that I think it was like a trilogy and then it turned into a trilogy of trilogies and now there's like 12 or 15 books and they're very like magic world kind of based but I love them um or anything by Sarah J Mass. like she has like these fairy worlds which sounds really like girly but it's actually kind of it's quite a dark world and I really enjoy that kind of fiction but then recently um so I'm quite lucky sorry I'm just not gonna keep talking now keep going, I'm guys if you're listening <laughs> feel free to skip um, so my sister's an editor so she works like within the writing world, but she also does a couple of days in a, in a little independent bookshop nearby. So she is constantly giving me these books like, oh, read this and read this and read this. Um, and part of what their company does is they look to represent um, and kind of bring to the forefront writers from um backgrounds that are underrepresented. So kind of like whether it's a, an ethnic minority, whether it's coming from um any kind of disadvantaged community um trying to think the kind of writers that they've had with them so they kind of very very inclusive sort of company and they were looking at um black writers 
and there are some amazing amazing books coming through so one of them it's kind of like set in uh like the modern day world was Queenie I don't know if you've read that no but I feel like I've heard of it for some reason and I don't know why but yeah oh it's so so good like if I mean if you want to delve into patriarchy Mm. (laughs) it's an excellent book um I don't give too much away on that one anyway yeah they're all magic based mostly (laughs) well Queenie's not though right Queenie and we're like that's based in kind of like current day um London yeah yeah and it's really interesting especially like because it's coming from um not just a woman's perspective on living in like the patriarchal society we live in but it's coming from um like a woman of color and I found that very 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 eye-opening in terms of when we talk about like acknowledging your privilege it was actually kind of like living living through this woman's um experience and it was very very moving I would highly recommend it okay I will add that to my list I don't have a fiction at the moment um I'm just gonna I'm just looking at my um, bookshelf to see if I've got any fiction up there that I can think of so my two favorite fiction I've spoken about the Midnight Library a hundred times before so I'm kind of not going going to go into that again um but yeah, I absolutely love the Midnight Library. And my other favourite fiction is City of Girls. I think it's Liz Gilbert, Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah, it is. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert is the person who wrote Eat, Pray, Love and Big Magic, I think it's called. But they're not. Uh, Eat, Pray, Love, I think, might be fiction. And it's been so long since I've read it. Like, I obviously know the story, but I think it was partly autobiographical, I think. Um, but City of Girls is just about... And I'm not somebody who enjoys this normally in TV and stuff, but it's like from based in like, I want to say the 40s. Um, and it's about a theatre and it's about a young girl's life who is working in a theatre and her relationships and partying. And it's fantastic. I love that. Um, and I can't see any more fictions that I've read. I've not read fiction in quite like a while, I don't think. But now I'm going to read Queenie. So that's great. Um you were totally the right person to ask that question okay go for it next question okay next question um I've recently seen a friend who is calorie counting and looks amazing I felt slightly panicked as going away as I'm going away in a few months and I don't want to be the big one the question is how can I just accept me for me and not compare question um something that I think is really important whenever we do compare is to say would I want everything that comes with that so right now you're seeing your friend who's calorie counting and you're going away for the weekend now you don't know what she's doing in anticipation of this weekend you don't know what she's going to feel like when she doesn't stick to her calories this weekend you don't know how she's going to behave you don't know what she's missing out on to track FYI, none of this might be happening to her. She might be have, have a great relationship with tracking and this is not a thing for her. However, you don't actually know that. And even if you had that conversation, you don't know that you would get the absolute truth from that. You don't know, if you were to start tracking, like what would happen for you to start tracking right now? It's really easy to compare, I think, to something that we see. So 
in any realm you might see a relationship and think I wish I had that and it's like you don't know what goes on behind closed doors it's funny right because I think with relationships we're quite we're much more accepting of saying that now we're much more accepting of being like you don't actually know what goes on in someone's relationship you never really know and yet with bodies and relationships with food we still can't understand that it's the same thing we just don't know what else is going on so I think like I think this is a really important thing when you're comparing your body to somebody who's really lean and you think do they have their period still have they given up their sex drive for that for the, with their partner to get that lean have they given up their social life to get that lean and all these things like we're a lot better at it when it comes to like super lean bodies and we can rationalize it but when it's not so extreme we struggle a little bit with that and in a year's time you don't know what your friend's relationship with food is going to be like and I, I very much hope that she doesn't have any or he doesn't have any of these issues and it's certainly totally doable that they don't but you just don't know so I think when it comes to comparison you do need to think about everything else that comes with that I do this a lot in business I mean I don't compare in business because I'm not kind of money-led in that way but I am certainly um ambitious and ambitious for our team and but I will I could easily look at someone else and think oh they've they're growing quicker than I am for example but would I give up the relationships that we have together the time that I have to spend with hanging with you guys and the time the social time the time that I have with my family and all of these things to achieve that absolutely not this is the right way for me to do things and this is the way that Brittany Brown does things so this is quite I feel comfortable with that um and I think it kind of looking at and again we can take this business analogy of like you need to have your own markers of success and what are your markers of success in your relationship with food and are you moving towards them this is not about anyone else but your marker of success might be to be away to, to go away the weekend and not worry about food and if you achieve that then that's a big marker of success to you but your friend's marker of success might not be that so really understanding and getting to grips and, and knowing what is success to you is super super important mm, I love that and I also think um like this is what's going on in your head and you don't know what's going on in somebody else's head and you don't know that they're not comparing themselves to you thinking oh I, I wish I felt comfortable letting go of tracking or I wish I felt comfortable just going into this weekend and enjoying the experience and enjoying the food without worrying about like can I track everything um and you don't necessarily again I'm not saying that they're not happy but you don't know that how they're going to feel in their smaller body like you might think they look amazing and they may be thinking like the complete opposite like their body image may not be fantastic right now so it's when you are comparing you're comparing what you think of that person but not necessarily like what they think about themselves and it's really hard to to get into that so I think that's where it's really important to come back to what you said about like what your markers of success are and what it is that you want and remember why you decided to move away from that and do what it is that you're doing right now because again you had your own reasons for that and if if actively dieting and tracking was the right thing for you right now you probably wouldn't be doing this coaching with us right now either yeah agree okay um let's do one last question Becca's question, Becca's client's question. I'm thinking of going on contraception. It seems to get a bad rap these days. What do I need to think about before going on it? Mm. 
good question. It's a, that's quite a big question. Um, it, it, so I suppose it depends if you've been on contraception before and you've noticed any symptoms or side effects that have um, had an effect for you. So from personal experience, like I, I don't use hormonal contraception purely because I do suffer from migraines. And for me, they were exacerbated by various contraception. Like I've not found one that hasn't caused an issue for me. Um, so the pros and cons when I'm weighing it up are my overall health is better when I don't take that. But for you, you might have other things that you want to consider. Um, and it gets hard to know the context for this client. Yeah, I think I agree. I think it's a really personal choice and you need to step away from this kind of bad reputation that it's getting. I hate it because what it does is it takes away autonomy from women's choices for their own bodies and um, like you it's great to be educated on it it's great to be aware that you are taking exogenous hormones but a social media influencer with half a million followers does not understand the science often of what the oral contraceptive does but they will tell you not to go on it because it did x y or z to them and I think it's be really mindful of where you get your information from on this um I mean, you have to wait up. Like some people will say, oh, well, it's taking the hormones and it's bad and it can cause weight gain and all these things. And it's like, do you know what else can do that? Pregnancy. And that's that's harder to deal with for a lot of people. So if you're sexually active, then you do need to have some form of contraceptive. And it's like, if for you, you know that you're not going to ask him to wear a condom and you know that you don't want the coil, then then you don't need to think about this. And I, I think it's just weighing up the pros and cons of everything. I think the situation, because you're working with Becca, you may or may not experience hypothalamic amenorrhea. And so this is something that you want to consider if you do have HA that it's often the go-to for some doctors to provide the, to prescribe the pill and that doesn't give you a real period and it can often mask HA. Well, it does mask HA. So you start to get, you get a withdrawal bleed every month but it's, that's not you recovering your period. And it's difficult to know if you have recovered your period with HA, with all of the work that you do with Becca, when you've got the pill mask in it. And so in general, like some people will prescribe it because to try and minimize the side effects, because when you have HA, there are a lot of side effects that come with that. But the research around that is quite debatable now. So we don't actually know if it does do that or not. So I think speak to your doctor, like we're not doctors and we would never advise on contraceptive ever. I would never tell someone, yes, you should, or yes, you shouldn't. Yes, you should, or yes, you shouldn't, or no, you shouldn't. Um, it's not our place. So speak to your doctor about it. Know that it's exogenous hormones, but it doesn't necessarily lead to weight gain or weight loss. The impact of the, the oral contraceptive on body composition is totally disputed. And um, the only one that has implications for the tends to have implications for body fat levels is the depot shot which is progesterone only other ones the effect is debated the impact on your training is debated so for some people without um, contraceptive what they get is like fluctuations in strength across the cycle but what the contraceptive pill does it's, it looks like it kind of stops those fluctuations and so you might find that actually you don't get such bad pms you might find that you can train throughout your cycle um which some people can do anyway so there's no clear evidence in terms of like your nutrition or training, what the oral contraceptive is going to do. So I think it's very much about like weighing up the costs and the benefits for you. 
and making a decision based on that and there's no shame in going on with oral contraceptive if that's the right thing for you and likewise there's no shame on not being on it so yeah we're very mindful of not kind of giving specific advice on that um okay we're gonna leave it there because clearly my words are getting jumbled up um thanks everyone for your questions thanks georgia thank you your breakfast go and enjoy it looks mm. so good um okay thanks everyone keep your questions coming and bye bye